Hello, and welcome to another episode of Quilt Buzz, a podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the quilt earth. I'm Amanda of Broadcloth Studio, and I'm joined by Anna of Wax and Wayne Studio. Hi, everyone. Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey. And our special guest, Elizabeth of Quilters Candy. Hello. So before we jump into all the quilty fun today, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, yeah. So I... I'm originally from Minnesota. I call myself a Minnesota twin because I'm a twin. I grew up in Minnesota, but now I live in Texas in Houston. I'm married to my husband. This is our 15 year anniversary this year. And we've got three kids, um, nine, 11 and 13. So yes, I still remember your. I think it was your Instagram stories during the lockdown and your kids had organized you and your husband, a anniversary dinner. Is that, yes, that was really memory. cute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they still talk about, they gave the restaurant, our restaurant at home a name and they were like, was that like the nicest restaurant you've ever been to? We're like, it sure was. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> That's really cute. It is really cute. So could you tell us more about your quilting journey and how did it all kind of begin? Yeah. So, I mean, really, I had someone ask a while back, how did you turn your craft into a career? And to be honest, I started off as an entrepreneur and this fit my dreams. So rewind to when I was like, I don't know, we're going to say fifth grade. I have always been a dreamer, like a go-getter. So me and my friends are together like, let's go to the park and play. I'm like, I have a better idea. Let's earn some money today. So we get some toothpaste and water and mix it up in a big nasty metal pan, like tin can, and go door to door to our neighbors selling mouthwash. And bless their hearts, some of them bought it. Oh my God. (laughs) So, I mean, I was always, I've read the Babysitter's Club books and I was like, oh yeah, we got to do this. That did not take off. Strangers didn't feel really good about calling a stranger to babysit. But um, I've always just been like how, and I've always had a job. I delivered papers as a kid. I worked at the Gap. I've had, uh, anyways, just always working, always, what's the next thing? So in like 2014, I started a fashion blog and my friend moved in a really great friend who we just clicked with. And I was like, we should start a business together. And she asked, what should it be? I was like, I have no idea, but we'll come up with it. And her mom came into town for quilt festival. And I was like, what? My mom quilted too. Yeah. What does your mom do? Like, what's this quilt festival? And she's like, oh, she designs fabric. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then the next year she came again for quilt festival. I was like, can I tag along? I'm curious what this is all about. So then I didn't realize what a big request that was like, so this is quilt market, not quilt festival, where it's like insiders only, you have to have credentials to get there. And her mom got me a badge to come in as a guest. And my mind was blown. I was like, whoa, this is not my mom's quilting. Like, this is cool. The fat, What's going on here? I want in. And not to mention, I'd studied enough about business with all my crazy antics. Like, it's an obsession I can't let go of. Like the main thing is you need to have a niche, a market that's, you know, small. And I was like, well, this is a great market. 
this is beautiful stuff. And I, I was doing my fashion blog. I'm like, this is cool. Like you can make clothes, you can do all the things. So I left with my friend and I was like, let's do something in this quilting world. Like this is a cool market. And my little sister, I was talking to her. She's like, you know, it's really big right now are those subscription boxes. You guys should do a subscription box for quilting. I was like, sweet. So without any idea how to get started or anything, we're like, we're going to do it. And fast forward a couple months, we started selling monthly subscription boxes for quilters. And then I was like, well, I should learn how to quilt. <laughs> like this is something <laughs> I should know how to do. And then it just kept snowballing. As I started making more quilts, my brain was like, I want to make quilt patterns. I can do that. And when people were like, that's really big. You can't, you can't just do that. I was like, oh no, I can do that. And I will do that. Like, you know, so that's kind of how I got into it. So did you teach yourself how to quilt? No, my friend who her mom was the design, the fabric designer. Um, she lived across the street from me and I was like, thank goodness, by the way, you know, they say like blood, sweat and tears. It was all of that. I'd prick myself and bleed with a pin and I'd cry like, I don't know what this direction is saying. And she would come over. I'm like, just do it for me. And so she just walked me through the entire process of the whole thing. So she taught me how. Um, for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with your style, can you give us a little bit of a, wait, can you describe your quilting style for us? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually an interesting question because I'm on a little bit of a pivot here to Ooh. a new thing. So overarching, like my look, I would say I wanted it to be something, I want my quilts to be something that I could put in my house as part of my decor. And so my home decor, if you know, like Studio McGee, um, if you don't follow them, you should. But I want it to be like if you find maybe Joanna Gaines is so cliche, but something that fits that kind of look, you know. Um, so my colors are a little more soft, a little more muted. Uh, there's traditional with a hint of modern. Um, I am working on a project, though, that is much more modern. And I'm trying to bridge those two looks with keeping the colors and the fabric similar, you know, so. Do you think learning as an adult how to quilt has influenced how you write your patterns and how you approach, you know, the um, conveying information to people? Yes, I think so. Um, because I remember the frustration of learning, you know, and a lot of quilters who I feel like have done it for a while were just kind of well, that's just how it is. Well, that's just the terminology. And I'm like, but does it? I mean, I did. I wrote a pattern, my better together, and it is written totally for a newbie quilter. Assume no prior knowledge because when I came into this quilting world, it was really frustrating. There are some hurdles, you know, that I, I want to take that barrier away. So I, I think it has. What is your, um, looking back at your quilting journey, what's the funniest like rookie newbie mistake you made oh crap I can't remember a rookie mistake I've just always been phenomenal no just kidding. <laughs> uh, no I don't know and honestly the thing is I guess I didn't know what my mistakes were like it would come out and I was like why aren't the points meeting and I didn't know why so it was learning anyhow the ignorance of not knowing what was wrong so you know, it, I think there's a beauty to it though, right? Because, you know, you think about that beginner's mindset and that you're learning and that you don't fixate on this, the stupid things that like, I'll make a quilt and I'll be like, I see one thing wrong with it. And I am going to zoom in on that for the rest of the time I'm looking at that quilt. And it yeah. takes a little bit of the pleasure out of it. 
Yeah. Well, and I definitely, I mean, maybe it's because I'm a millennial technically, but or whatever, but like I am very much of the mind frame of the school of thought that like it does not need to all be done a certain way. And like if someone posts a picture and they're like, well, that that's not correct. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There is no correct here. Like we are, this is a work of art. My process might be different than yours. So I know that some quilters do not like that, you know, <laughs> but I, I'm much more probably because I started when I was older and I, I don't know. Anyhow. But I also think that, you know, different ways of doing things is a way of discovery and that's how we learn and try out, you know, find out new things. And yeah. then it might end up being a trend. Yeah. Are you starting a trend doing something, Wendy? Is this Maybe. something we should know about? <laughs> <laughs> Me not being able to square up my quilts properly? Maybe. <laughs> it's intentional. That's a look we're going exactly. for. The wonk is real. <laughs> it's through, through 90 degree angles. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> what do you find inspires you most? Uh, fabrics or nature or... Hmm. Well, okay. So there's different, like when I'm designing a quilt pattern, I actually recently have looked at a lot of rugs. That sounds really bizarre, but, um, there's some really pretty rugs out there. So when I get catalogs in the mail, especially certain stores like anthropology, I'm trying to think of other ones, but I'll, I literally have a file in my desk of pages I've torn out that inspire me. Um, and then also, I do find it's very different. If I get a stack of fabric, I can't, like, for example, if a designer comes out with a new line of fabric and they say, hey, would you want to make something with this fabric? I will wait until I get that fabric to hold it in my hands and look at it because I find different fabrics lend themselves to ideas of a quilt design. And rather than saying, I have this quilt pattern and I'm going to make it work with that fabric, some fabric just doesn't work with a certain pattern or it, you know, it speaks creatively to something else. So that sounds really <laughs> woo woo, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of get what you mean because sometimes what is shown digitally can look quite different as well in person. So, mm -hmm. and also the size of the, um, the imagery as well, it might not be to scale when you see it in person or it might not be in scale in comparison to the other digital swatches that you receive so yeah. it makes it quite difficult yeah and just the colors and I mean that does sound really woo woo but like you hold it and feel it it's like yeah okay I can see this coming alive or that that's a little out there but there you go <laughs> <laughs> now since you started um the quilters candy um subscription box services you have pivoted from a physical box, correct, yeah. into a digital monthly membership. Can you talk a little bit about what um, kind of precipitated that decision? Yeah, yeah. So I actually really loved doing the box. I love doing it. Let me, let me clarify. I loved <laughs> picking out the things to go in the box. The physical packing of the box, the physical aspect of it was very tedious and physically hard. Like it was a lot of work. And I only have so much space in my house to store stuff and every month trying to guess how many people are going to leave and how many are going to join, how much should I buy? It was really stressful, <clears throat> enjoyable, 
And I have a few letters that people mailed to me like, thank you, these boxes bring me such joy that I have saved in a drawer on a hard day. I'll pull them out and read them. I'm like, yes, they were really meaningful. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, But I got to a point where I just couldn't like keep up with that physically. So I stopped doing the boxes and there was a year where I just, I was like, all right, I guess I'll grow my, my quilt pattern stuff. But I love the membership. I like the camaraderie. I love actually reaching out to different designers and teaming up with them and promoting their stuff, which I guess is probably rather unique, but I really love that. And I missed it. So I kept thinking, well, there's this digital world. What if we just do a digital membership where I could still team up and promote different designers and, and, you know, foster those friendships. And I didn't even realize how cool it would be to have this virtual, we have zoom meetings, like it's way more uh, uh, personable. Like we are connecting on a different level than these physical subscription boxes. And that's been super rewarding and fun for me. So I didn't even know that it'd be that cool. So how do you decide on um, which quote designers to come on board and collaborate with you in creating a design for your subscription box? Yeah. I mean, that's the same kind of thing with the boxes too. Like how to decide. And there's some months where I feel very confident about like, this is awesome. And other months where I'm taking a gamble, like, I think this is really cool, but it's a little bit different. But I figure if people are in my membership, they like my style. So they're going to trust what I pick, you know? I like to do things that kind of vary. At first it was, we're doing a mini pattern every month, but I also do listen to a lot of feedback from the members and some of them wanted more variety. So we mix it up. Sometimes it's a full scale. Sometimes it's a project to work on English paper piecing or, you know, just trying now it's kind of branch your skills, learn different things, and it might pivot again in the future. So have you found that, um, when did you start layering on the, no, I was going to try to make so I don't want to talk about the pandemic. So let somebody else ask a question. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, okay. I mean, I'll just say we did, I didn't start the Zoom aspect of it because of COVID-19. It was more, okay. I, this is a virtual guild is like we, I, I didn't want it to be a geographical thing. A lot of people don't join a guild because, oh, it's a, long drive or whatever. So this way we are able to connect as friends, no matter where you live. I've got someone in like Iceland, Australia, you know, we're all over the world and we can come together and show and tell, see what we're watching, see what we're making. Um, So the zoom aspect, I incorporated that just like a month or two ago. Cause I was like, let's have a community here. Let's actually see each other face to face and share what we're doing. So and do you have like a Facebook group, members only, that community type, what is mm-hmm. the word, message board? Does that date me? Yeah. <laughs> we do, do you have a Friendster account? Would <laughs> <laughs> you just say Friendster account? Friendster, yeah. For, oh, like, for all the elder ladies out there. It was uh, a joke. <laughs> not high five. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So in addition to the um, Digital Guild, you also offer a pattern writing course. Can you tell us a little bit more about that as well? Yeah. So this goes back to like when I wanted to start writing quilt patterns. And I distinctly remember a close friend of mine saying like, no, that's you don't just do that. Like that's a really big deal and it's really hard. And yeah, just kind of don't think about that. I was like, what? No way. And there was nothing out there 
to teach me how to do it. I mean, it was very scrappy and I've kept my first couple patterns just for kicks. They're terrible. Like I use Microsoft Word. I can't believe anyone bought them. I'm embarrassed. Like anyone who bought those first patterns, I owe you big time because those were so <laughs> bad. So, and I would Google and there were little blog posts like how to write a quilt pattern, but it did not, like it did not go into how to write a quilt pattern. So I took a course on Illustrator. Um, and that's when I was like, okay, I get this. And then I learned how to use EQ8, which is the, you know, quilt writing software. And, and there was, I mean, not a lot, but a few people in the industry who just when you chat with them, they're very much of the vibe of like, I, you're my competition. I don't really want to share this with you. And then there were other people who I talked to who were so giving and so kind. And I saw that difference and I was like, I want to be the nice one. <laughs> I want to like help people. And I'd heard other entrepreneurs who really, and it's not human nature, but to believe in the mindset that there's room enough for everyone, you know, that when the tide rises, all boats rise, it's human nature. It's natural for us to, to like scarcity and, oh no, you know, but to fight against that and to really like trust that there's room enough for everyone. So that is my big thing is I want to create a space that we're someone who's going to be a great quilt pattern writer. They're going to be one regardless. If you really want to, you can learn how to do it, but if you want to save yourself some time, if you want to have a team of friends who are going to support you and have an insider who's been through it all, I'm there for you, you know? And so that's kind of my, why I started it. What is the number one piece of advice you'd give someone uh, who's just about to dive into the pattern writing world? My number one piece of advice would be to really kind of figure out your style, see what's gonna set you apart from other people. I think anyone can go and whip out a quilt pattern, but to really figure out what your look is, to stick to that and um, figure out that, that signature look. So for someone that's trying to explore their style, would you suggest, you know, write out or design a whole bunch of different designs until they sort of figure out sort of a consistent style or yeah <clears throat> there's actually like an entire module or lesson where I go through with the help of I have to say Sylvia Rochelle I'm going to shout that out there she's like my brand person who helps people with figure out their brand um but building a mood board and we go into detail on how to do that but I think rather than I'm going to create this style, really like digging in deep, finding out what things you're drawn to, what looks you like, what colors you like, we're all drawn to something. So figuring that out, not everyone's like super in tune to what that is. But if you start looking at what pictures am I drawn to, if I'm going through Pinterest, and I look at home decor, what things do I like? Um, what fabrics, what all of the things start just gathering and collecting those and putting them together. And as people start to collect that, there's going to be a natural theme there where they're going to be like, ah, oh, okay, yeah, this is what I, and sometimes there might be like, well, there's, I like these two and they're very different. So anyways, there's things to work through that, but that's where I'd start. Have you had any crossover yet between someone who's graduated from your pattern writing course to being one of the membership patterns? Yes, actually. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, Porphyria <laughs> was the first. Oh. Um, and then in February, I have someone, Jessica Kirkland, who 
Ruth and Esther is her name. She's doing something really cool, actually. It must be so rewarding to see your students graduate and create new patterns and then turn that into a business as well. There is like this proud parent, which is so silly. I feel silly saying that because it's not me, you know, but I do feel like a proud parent, like, yay, spread your wings, go out into the world, you know, like, (laughs) and when they release a pattern and and it's really beautiful and well-written, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. Like I, anyways. It definitely underscores um, the idea that rising tides lift all boats. Yeah. Yeah. Not a zero sum game. Yep. And I do really believe like all of my students have such a unique look, which also makes me really excited when they really hone in on their look and it's their thing. That makes me really happy. And then to round out your um, digital offerings, you also have a creative business course. Did that come before the pattern writing or was that something that you thought of later on? Yeah, so that came after, um, when I opened up the pattern writing course, I had quite a few people reach out saying, I already know how to write and sell quilt patterns. I just need to grow my business. Uh, how do I do that? Are you going to offer just the business side of things? And a lot, not a lot, a couple of the students in the course are like, oh, I have a sister who who's into books or and wants to start a bookstagram account, you know, or a photography. And a lot of the things that everything I'm covering in the business course is really applicable across genres. It's, you know, so it came after. (laughs) What do you find is the most popular module of the business writing course or the biggest stumbling block for someone newly starting out? So I haven't launched the business course yet. That comes in February. Um, But with the pattern writing course, honestly, the biggest thing that shocked me is the copyright issue, this fear over, I am going to create something that someone else has created. And I had no idea how paralyzing that fear was for so many people just starting out. Um, So that's been an interesting thing to tackle, you know? I can imagine that because in a world where, you know, we're consuming Instagram and Pinterest a lot, I mean, there's so many awesome things out there. And even like you mentioned, you know, looking at simple like inspirations or patterns or designs within other sort of products like rugs. I mean, it's so easy to get lost in that sort of creative junk food, like what Andy J. Pizza likes to say. <laughs> talk. Um, it's just so easy to just copy and pick up little things from there and kind of verge off your own style. So yeah, it can be dangerous territory. Yeah. So before we move on to rapid fire, do you have any plans for future course offerings? You know, like I said, as a kid, my brain's all is going. So when questions come up in the course, I do think, gosh, there could be a course on that. But I also think, I don't know, to be determined. We'll see. Maybe like, (laughs) I don't know, no promises there. (laughs) Is there a dream course that you always want? A dream course I've always wanted to teach. You know, actually, uh, one thing I would love to do is have an in-person retreat at a really cool location. So sign me up. Didn't didn't you, am I getting confused to someone else, but didn't you go to a location once, which was a really nice retreat place? And Uh, yeah, I did. So with Bonnie Christine, I mean, when I'm saying really nice, I'm thinking like England, something really cool, oh. right? So, but this was here <laughs> like in Texas. French it was general. cool. What's that? Uh, French, is it French general? 
They oh. do the retreats or actually the other, the one to look at like ACE. Um, I think it's ACE travel. They do like, they went to Portugal and like, you know, studied all the tiles and things like that. That's awesome. That's oh, yeah. That well, would be really awesome. Yeah. So that's Could like my like, dream. Okay. So it is time to move on to our rapid fire quilty questions. Are you ready, Elizabeth? I'm ready. Okay. Anna, why don't you kick us off? Okay. What is your favorite time of day to quilt? Evening. Where do you sew? In my sewing room. So, uh, do you wear shoes while sewing? Oh, I wear slippers. Music, Netflix, podcasts, or silence while sewing? Anything but silence. So all of the above. <laughs> do you have a current favorite? Uh, favorite, let's see, I'm listening to Atomic Habits right now. Or in Bridgerton, that's a show I really love on Netflix. Favorite snack while quilting? Uh, I don't really eat or drink anything while I'm quilting. Uh, favorite traditional block? Uh, log cabin, which I've never made, but in theory. What's your favorite color? Ocean fog. Is that your favorite tone <laughs> color or your favorite color color? Yeah, favorite color color. It's an art gallery fabric solid, and I'm just digging it right now. What color fabric do you use the most? White snow, like my background. Solids or print fabrics? Uh, mostly solids. Who's your favorite fabric designer? Amy Cinebaldi. What's your favorite brand of solids? Art Gallery. What's the last fabric you bought? This is not a commercial, but Art Gallery Fabric Solids. <laughs> <laughs> you sure you're not being sponsored? Sponsored <laughs> <laughs> by the team behind Alex. <laughs> Jokes. Um, what's your favorite quilt shop? Oh, there's a really cute one. A quilt shop? Mm-hmm. Can be online, can be brick and mortar. Yeah, there's a really cute one here in Old Town Spring um, that I like. They have a ton of fabric and it's in this old rustic home. And yeah. Cute. Uh, how do you organize your fabrics? Oh, I don't. No, I do. By color. <laughs> <laughs> You're just, like, just dump it. <laughs> how do you store your scraps? In plastic bins. Yeah. Uh, what sewing notion couldn't you live about? Rotary cutter. What's your favorite ruler size? The 24 and a half by six and a half inch. Oh, it's such a good size. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be sponsored by Creative Group. <laughs> um, sponsor us. <laughs> what thread brand do you use? I don't even know what brand it is. It's the big one that I bought on Amazon. I have, I don't know. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Maybe we could add that in the show notes. I'll ask you for the picture of it. Yes, I can do that. Pressing preference. Oh, I like to one side or the other. Pressing open is kind of tedious. Agreed. <laughs> Pick one, HSTs, curves, or flying geese. Half square triangle. Machine or hand quilt? Hand quilting. Machine or hand bind? Machine. Spray, pin, or thread-based? Spray. What is your favorite part of the quilting process? The piecing. What's your least favorite part of the quilting process? The quilting. (laughs) What's one bad quilting habit you wish you could give up? You know, I think it's when I quilt, my shoulders come up and I get a tense and it like stresses out my neck and my back. So if I could just relax a little bit and... (laughs) 
Who is your quilty BFF? Oh, uh, I'm going to say Sylvia Rochella today, right now. There's a lot. There's a lot. I don't want to leave anyone out. <laughs> Who's your quilty crush? You know, I don't have one. Is that weird? That's cool. Okay. What's your favorite recent make? Ah, okay. So I'm making something for a surprise project coming up. And that, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to leave it at that mysterious. How many quilts are in your whip pile right now? Not a lot, actually. I like to just maybe one, and it's from when I first started quilting. Where do you store your work in progresses? The one that I have is in my closet with all my fabrics. Do you have any other hobbies? Yes. I like to play the piano. I enjoy reading. I like to exercise and run. Now, before we sign off, we've got just a couple more questions for you. First up is, who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why? All right. So Southern Charm Quilts. I love, love, love everything she posts. Her photos are beautiful, her fabrics, her everything. And she's fun. I like her. She introduced me some really great like cinnamon herbal tea. So thank you for that. <laughs> and then Sarah Blakely, she's the owner of Spanx. I love her. She's just so fun and real and very entrepreneurial cool. And I'm just going to go with those two because that's all I've got for now. <laughs> Alrighty. So before we sign off, do you have any fun projects in the horizon that you are allowed to share with us? I am working on a book, so Ooh. I'm going to, I can't say too much about it, <laughs> but yeah, I'm working on a book and it, I don't know when it's even going to be available, but when it comes out, I'll let the world know. <laughs> we'll look forward to it. So we need to wrap today up and we hope that you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to contact any of us, we can most easily be found on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadcloth Studio. Wendy. The.WeekendQuilter. Anna. I am at Wax and Wayne Studio. And Elizabeth. At Quilters underscore Candy. Or you can go to our podcast account at Quilt.Buzz or our website QuiltBuzzPodcast.com for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we hope that you subscribe to the show and tell your quilty friends about us too. And if you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, we'd be thrilled. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.